What's up, everyone? My name is Christian Baldanza di Tacchio. And this is Juliano Clary. And this is Tifosi Football Radio. Thanks so much for joining us on Thursday, January the 7th. We had a fantastic match day 16. As a Roma fan, I'm very, very pleased watching Roma win, watching Milan lose. It's great. <laughs> now the Milan fans can go to sleep. Last but, team to lose in Europe. <laughs> Congratulations to them. They went on a crazy run. Uh, Giuliano is a bit mosh mosh today. He yeah. had... Uh, it was expected. You know... Inter Milan, very disappointing. We're going to talk all about that. So what we're going to get into today is we're going to talk about the... We're going to recap Match Day 16 for you. We're going to talk about a very exciting Match Day 17 coming up. Sunday morning, 6.30 a.m. Put it in your calendars. It is the Giuliano and Christian Derby. It is the Tifosi Football Radio Derby. Roma, Inter. Make sure you watch it. Only one team. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. And the other thing I want to talk about is there's a player that we want to talk about uh, that uh, is very important. Uh, it's a very big signing for the Canadian Premier League. Uh, Shamit Shom, signed by FC Edmonton. We'll be talking about that a little bit later. Homegrown talent there. So we'll get into that a little bit for and talk about Shamit. Um, and then we also did receive a request uh, about talking about what is Canada's upcoming World Cup path look like for Qatar 2022. And we're going to talk about that at the end. And let me tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not pretty. It is a long, we're a long, long way from Qatar 2022. And I guess we have nobody to blame but ourselves. <laughs> but we'll get into that a little bit later. Let's jump right in. Match day 16. We're going to talk about the big game first. We're going to talk about Ibianconeri, Juventus, hammering Milan 3-1. to one. It was the Federico Chiesa show. Giuliano, what do you have to say about this game? Before we get too deep in this game, I want to bring it right to the ref, Massimiliano Iratti. I'm going to say something that a lot of people are going to disagree with, but I think that was one of the best refereeing performances in the city uh, so far this year. People are going to be like, oh, you're nuts. The Kalinoglu foul, he the Ventacor foul, the Brahim Diaz. Exactly. He let them play. He let them play. This felt like a derby from back in the day. Yeah. This was one of the most entertaining derbies I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. There was no bogus red, no bogus penalties. No makeup penalties, none of that stuff. No BS in no. this game. Irati, Irati's record too, he's known for not giving yellows, not giving penalties. He, he lets the game go. And my question is to the fans who are complaining about these small little fouls, these soft fouls that should be called, listen, when it comes to football, do you want to watch football where the game flows? Or do you want to watch football where there's a whistle every five minutes? Sorry, every two minutes, one minute. Is that what you'd prefer? Would you prefer seeing bogus penalties and absurd red cards given for the slightest of touches? I'll tell you what. You're never going to get a uniform you know, view on the way the game should be refed. If you look at the stats of Irati compared to another ref in the league, the stats are completely different the way the refs interpret the rules themselves you'll have one ref that will give for example a red a game a yellow you know three five yellows a game a penalty a game on average then you have refs like Irati who's just let it go he maybe gives two yellows a game and that's it that's where he draws the line he doesn't want to be the star of the show he lets the players be the stars and that's what I love that's that's the way I believe the game should be refereed I think it's a better product for the neutral fan it makes Italy look good and and on top of it what it helped was create a nice story. Chiesa, like you said, outstanding performance. 
at the beginning of the game, Theo Hernandez was on Chiesa, giving him little fouls, little fouls, little fouls. For the people that love referees blowing whistles, and we would have found like 10 stoppages in the first five minutes. Yeah. But on the other hand, Irati let it go. Chiesa realized after the five, you know, the third foul, listen, I got to put my head down, play, and take this guy on and beat him. And what did he do? And he did it. He and shredded it, him. And it made such a better story than yeah. Chiesa having the help of the ref. It was a better narrative that Chiesa put his head down, took Theo Hernandez on, and beat him. He's, he established himself as a big player in this league after this game. He did. For that. For he that did. alone. And Dybala, too, I got to give credit to. He was another guy. He dives and flops. He irritates me with that type of football. But you know what? He was another player. He was getting fouled, and he said, listen, I got to put my head down and play this game physical yeah. and win my one-on-one battles. And I loved it. Irati, I think, did the right thing. I'd rather watch this type of football than this, you breathe on a guy, he falls over. And it's a foul. It's a foul. Yellows for nothing. Red cards yeah. for nothing. I'm sick of that garbage. This reminded me of the good old days. And this yeah. was with VAR. I think that's the way it should be called the game. Yeah. I I totally agree with you. I thought it was very well done. When you have two juggernauts like Juventus and Milan going at it, you got to let them play. You and do. And this was, this was arguably, the mo- I think this was the most exciting Serie A game in the whole season so far. Hands down. Yeah, it was. It was, it and was, imagine the people, you know, who don't watch City day in day out. They're gonna come tune into this game because this is the big game now. Yeah, and they want to watch this. They don't want to see fouls yeah. called every ten minutes. And yeah, I keep saying every ten minutes. They want to see every ten seconds. They don't yeah. want to see fouls and the refs being the stars of the game. I want to see Kalinoglu be the star of the game. I yeah. want to see Chiesa be the star of the game. Yeah, you know, I no. don't want to see the refs manipulating games. No, I agree with you. Results. I agree with you. And what a game it was, though. Because you let him play, what, what what a gift we got to see. Like, what a treat we got to see. Yeah. Federico Keza on fire. Hit the bar. Two goals. The first goal, the back heel from Paulo Dybala. Running, Keza running mm-hmm. in. He, Federico Keza put himself on the map. He did. In this game. You're right. He did. He put himself on the map. They let him play, and he totally took care of Teo Hernandez. He did. He beat him on his one-on-one battles. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it's because Irati. I'm telling. If, if Irati started blowing the whistle, the yeah, game would have been. The game would have been different. Yeah. It would have been. It, the game would have been totally different. This type of play forced Chiesa to change. Yeah. The way he has to approach the game. Yeah. It did. It, and on a tactical note, I think that's where Pioli and Pirlo. If you want to talk about coaches a little bit, that's where the experience comes in. I think Pioli knows who the ref is going into the game because Milan played very aggressive. They did. And then Juve matched their guess and later into the game when they realized yeah you know the ref was gonna let stuff go um yeah. but what a great game what yeah. a great game great game the one thing i have to say about this game looking at it from a neutral standpoint uh, a non-fan of milan and a non-fan of juve because realistically i'm not a fan of both teams um juve totally shredded that back four dalot Kiar, romagnoli tail hernandez had trouble all game Yes. All all game. Say what you want. I know the Milan fans are saying, oh, you guys beat our B team. That was your A squad on the defense. That was the rock that has been keeping you in games and stealing games mm-hmm. while Zlatan's out. And Juventus made fools of you guys. He did. Donnarumma probably had his worst game of the season. But who could fault him? What do you what do you want from him, right? The, these three Juve goals could have been four. Had Chiesa's rock, that, Chiesa rocket off the woodwork. It was. Uh, yeah. It could have easily been four to one, five to one. The only thing I'll say about that is the midfield missing that defensive presence in the midfield too puts a lot of pressure on the on the main defense. Why but you have Kessie? 
He's supposed Fine. to be a superstar. <laughs> He's so supposed to be a superstar. I thought he wasn't. He played decent in this game. I'm not saying he didn't. He did. I think Calabria playing in a defensive mid. You which, could. That was surprising. And he played well, and he I got thought, a goal out of it. I thought he was the best player on the field for Milan. He was the best player on the field. He got a goal out of yeah. it. So that might be a good move. on. That's a good move on Pioli's part. He he impressed me. I was actually going to bring that up, but you thought about Calabria uh, playing in the defensive midfield No, position. he played really well. You could tell at the beginning he was a bit nervous. out of his depth and nervous, yeah. but he... He held well. He did. So there's another option for exactly. Milan exactly. to play there, right? What did you think of any uh, of the other performances in that Milan side? Uh, it wasn't nobody really like Chalanogu, fantastic player. If this guy leaves, he's going to leave a huge hole in Milan's team. Is he rumored to leave? Uh, I don't know if they've done the deal yet. Yeah, I don't know if they've done the deal yet. This Milan team, say what you want to say about them. Yes, they've gotten this far. They really miss Latan. They miss him dearly. They really do, and. This is why I say I think I still think they're a one-trick pony with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yes, they're winning these games, but they're winning these games by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, it's true. In a way, I think this kind of suited them. I know they ended up losing through him, but they ended up out shooting Chesney. Chesney had a hell of a game. Yes, he made Sichesney. a huge difference. Sichesney. But this offensive lineup was all about sitting back and yep. countering. If you had Zlatan on, you had to you have to help him out by bringing your team further up the field. Yeah. I think that would expose Milan even more. And Juve, that played more into their hands with Ronaldo, yeah. Chiesa being able to run into that space. So I think this kind of worked out in their favor in an odd way. And they played well. I just, yeah, the difference was Chiesa and Dybala. That was the difference. Huge. That Huge. was the difference. Huge. And, and, and for if you're Paulo Dybala, it's the transfer window. Yeah. And you just played a solid game. Your stock's only rising, my friend. So good for you. 100%. And, and you know, Chiesa, he destroyed Thierry Hernandez. is probably the best left back in the league. Dybala yeah. made Romagnoli look like uh, he doesn't belong. At well, Roman, we've, we've, ta- we've, back and, we've gone back and yeah. forth on Romagnoli for a long time, whether he, does, he belongs, right? And... But he's he he's a top class defender, but he's not at the very top no, he's, of, of the game. He's a he's a defender that sh- that can't play in the driver's seat between the two center backs. He's better as a passenger yeah. than the driver. And still young, twenty five. Yeah, like he has a lot, lot of to upside. Learn. Yeah, lots sure. to learn, a lot of upside. But he, you could tell he's out of his depth at some points yeah. when he's coming up against the Dybala, Chiesa. Yeah, he uh, listen. All the goals came from that side. Yeah, every single goal came from that left side of Milan. Yeah, absolutely. But well, let's let's move. To, let's talk about Juve before we move off this okay. topic. What do you think about uh, Pirlo? How he's doing? How this team's progressing? Do you think now this is Juve's title? I think it's not over. Mm-hmm. I think it's not over now. I think the, I think there's realistically four teams in the running right now. Yeah, for the title. Name them. Milan, mm-hmm. Inter, Roma. Oh, there we go. And Juve. There we go. We're the si- we're we're just but we're just we're flying under the radar. Silent but we'll, deadly. We'll exactly. We'll talk about <laughs> Scourge. We'll talk about we'll talk about them a little bit later. But I I yeah. Juve knew if they lost this game, it was over. Yeah, their season would have been their done. Their season would have been done. There was no the, the pressure was more on Juve to do something here than Milan. Because Milan's still in the driver's seat. Milan's still in first place after this loss, right? Yeah. So and Juve's got a tough schedule going forward, which we'll talk about. So this is gonna be this is gonna really um be their test these next couple of weeks. Yeah, they have up next Sassuolo, and after that Inter. Yeah, it's tough. So this 
the big dogs are all playing each other now, right? The next the next two weeks for Juve are massive. Yeah. Are are massive. Yeah. For, for sure. sure. The next week and a half. Yeah. If there's there's a midweek mid uh, week fixture, yeah. So, so this next week is do or die for Juve. Yeah. And uh it'll be interesting. I think the rest of the league has to watch out now. I think Juve's hit their stride. Like we said, Fiorentina was a blip. Yeah. That was just a lack of concentration. This has always been the Achilles heels of the of the uh, top teams in Serie A yeah. fighting with Juve is they cannot beat Juve. Yeah. They cannot beat Juve when it matters. Juve always wins these games. The only time Juve really drops points is against the small teams. Maybe when they lose focus, that's yeah. probably what it is. But Juve always show up to the big show. And until a team knocks them off their perch in the big show, make a statement win, I'm uh, a bit skeptical to write them off. I wouldn't write them off. Yeah. I wouldn't write them off at all. I think I think they're still the team to beat for yeah. this season. I, I, don't, I don't care how much Inter and Milan are. I agree having. with you. Yeah. I agree with you. They're the benchmark. They are. So congratulations to Juve. Huge win for them. Milan, chin up. On to the next game. Uh, so let's go Let's go all the way back to the first game of the match day. Uh, we'll talk briefly about this game. Benevento, 2-1 to one winners on Cagliari. Joel Pedro is good for his goal game with Cagliari. But this Benevento team and... Who was the guy to tie it up? Who did I talk about? Marco Sao. <laughs> Marco Sao. There is always a special feeling when you go back and play a former club. Yeah. There really is. No matter how you're feeling or how off form you is, when you go and play your old club that you've put your heart and soul into for so many years, like Marco Sao did with Cagliari, you're going to have a special game. And he did. He did. He did. He was, he was, I think to me, he was, it was a mediocre game between two teams. He was the guy that stood out. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, and uh, you know, two, yeah, two, great game. Yeah, great game from the center back position. Great game from the center back position. In, in Prota too, he yeah. he was dropped out of the midfield yeah. to cover for right backs. We weren't we weren't not sure who was going to cover for Letizia. Yeah. So you move. This is a guy that can play as a kind of as a a false forward, a yeah. midfield, and now a right back. He obviously has. So this yeah. is a very versatile player. Great job of the right back yeah. position. The one thing I the one thing I do want to talk about here uh, quickly is Gianluca Lapadula in this game. He he didn't play a great game, but I felt for the guy. Yeah. Every time Benevento gave him the ball, this guy's a striker. It was always to the corner, to the corner flag, <laughs> or to the or to the actual goal line to the left or the right side. What do you expect the striker to do there? We've talked about it a couple of times. Yeah. What do you expect the striker to do? He's got to turn around and try and cut in or look for a look for a cross. And who's going to put their head on the ball? Insigne? I know. Insigne, Sal, they're, both, they're all small players. They're all small players. Gianluca Lapadula should be your hitman. He should be. Don't stop giving stop feeding the poor guy in the corner. Yep. Feed him down the middle. That's where he belongs. 100%. That's that's what I want to say about that cuz I really feel for that guy. I think he's a talented player. And uh, yeah, it, it, also in this game, I just want to talk about the Schiattarella. He yeah. beautiful assist, overhead yeah. pass. They, that's what Benevento was exposing Caleri yeah. on those overhead passes. They hit them three or four times in the first half. Yeah, uh, Caleri had no answer. No, nope. as well Nangolan. He makes a difference for uh, for Caleri. He, he tries ambitious stuff. He took a shot from half. Yeah, almost caught uh, Montipo out. And that shot from half led to a corner, which led to the goal for Kaliri. So his yeah. presence already making an impact. Exactly. And it was interesting what he said. Yes, about Conte. So he, Conte would put me on for eight minutes and then everything was my fault. Yeah, Conte so obviously... So basically what, we, what we've believed all season, he's basically confirmed. Yeah, Conte, right? it's uh, 
Conte is an abrasive figure. Yeah. You know, in that in that game from last week too with Vidal, he told Vidal pretty much in Italian to stop breaking the dick <laughs> and play. That's what he said to him in Italian, word for word. But yeah. he said pretty much shut the f up. Yeah. And uh, let's go. And then he subbed him off at half. But that's Conte. Conte is very abrasive. Yeah. And he's obviously he pushed Nagelin out. He's pushing Ericsson out. And uh, and yeah. But this isn't about Inter right now. So. Yeah. But Cagliari. They got big problems in the back. Mm-hmm. They have, I think, in Europe, in the big five, when I say Europe, they have the most shots against yeah. on target yeah, out of leak. any big team in Europe. They leak. They are terrible I wouldn't call them a big team. <laughs> no, but in the big five leagues. In the in big, the big five, five leagues, sorry. leagues, yeah, they're terrible. It's a, it's a DeFrancesco tactic. Yeah. That's the worst, the, the worst record in the big five Yeah, it's, it's for shots against. It, it's awful. But it's Di Francesco, so I'm not surprised. Yeah. Congratulations, though, to, to Benevento. Yeah. That's a huge win for Super People. La Strega won the first game of La Bafana. How about yeah. that? How about that? Exactly. The witch bringing a gift for so, uh, Cagliari. It's like Giuliano said, <laughs> Benevento, the best of the rest. Cagliari, be lucky to stay up. But speaking of staying up, let's talk about Atalanta, Parma. Atalanta thrashing Parma 3 nothing. And what we predicted Fabio Liverani's last game for Parma makes me very happy um, because this was a long time coming. I'm glad Kraus pulled the trigger. Um, needed to happen. Atalanta just... This wasn't a surprise to us. No. This wasn't a surprise to us. Atalanta totally outclassed Parma. Parma looked lost. The one thing I will say about Parma now is I think this is going to be a big turning point for them because now I think you're going to see a Parma with Daversa coming back, he knows how to use these players, right? It it's, his, it's his team. It's his team. They have all the respect in the world for him. So I imagine they're happy he's back. I think you're going to see Parma bounce back and you're going to see Parma start climbing the table now. Yeah. This needed to happen. It just, it was, this is what happens when a coach with a totally different philosophy comes in with a team that wasn't built to play that way. Exactly. And, and you don't back him with money. Exactly. But the thing. The thing, yeah, you see with the players in this game, the holes in the back was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, no, it's like no one even tried yeah. at Parma this game. I, I del- felt I felt bad for Bruno Alves. He was the only competent player on the field yeah, for Parma. No one, I felt like exactly, no one else was doing anything. No, Illich Illich picks up the ball in the middle of the field, does like a twenty yard pass, finds Muriel, no problem, slots it in, no pressure. Zapat the same thing. Yeah, gets a pass picked out, easily slots it past mm. Sepe, uh, and Gosens. I honestly think. I'm going to say probably the best player in City, yeah? Gosens right now. Fire right now. Uh, he's been playing amazing. Fire right now. I don't now. know how Atalanta keeps hold of this guy after this season. If he keeps this up, he scores another goal and an assist. Um, playing great. But way too easy for Atalanta. Parma, we got to see now what Diversa does. Yeah. that's Not looking good. No, not looking good at all. So congratulations to Atalanta. No surprise there. Now let's move on to the big game. Giuliano, I know, wants to talk about Sampdoria, Inter Milan. Listen, I knew this was going to happen. I said you, it. you did say if Lukaku doesn't Lukaku doesn't play, this is going to be a disaster. No, and you were right. No Lukaku, no party. And it's why Conte can't see this again. I don't know. And I understand Alexis Sanchez missed the penalty, his eighth miss in twelve penalties. By the way, yeah. So why is Conte letting good him save take? on a Biodero though? It was a good save, but why is Sanchez taking a penalty when he's missed his last eight out of twelve? I have no idea. But it was it was obvious. I said this in the last podcast, I believe. Inter's offense solely relies on Lukaku. He has to get the ball. He allows the midfield to come in, who then play the third pass to the other forward, Lautaro, because the midfield doesn't get goals. Yeah. Okay, the only the goals come from set pieces from center backs, and it comes from Hakimi in the wing back position and Lukaku. That's the only place you're going to get goals from this team. 
So when you take out that puzzle, obviously that piece of that puzzle, you're going to struggle. Yeah. Missing Lukaku, it obviously showed. They got destroyed, but you notice he comes on right away. They score right off the corner, and you want to know why? If you observe the corner, Lukaku stays on the back post. He preoccupies two players, which gives freedom to Di and the other center backs to go win the header. His presence alone scares teams and allows yeah, them to, to score. They time. were a completely different team, and uh, Conte got that totally wrong. He did. Uh, with this game against Sampdoria. Because the Sampdoria team, they didn't really stand out. I mean, Candreva, great penalty. Quita Balde Dia, great, <laughs> great goal too. Two former Inter players. But the guy that... Which reminded me, I don't know if you're going to bring this up, Pandanovic, again, I thought he should have saved that Quita Balde yeah. shot. That was, for me, weak goalkeeper. Yeah. I, honestly, I think, clearly, the, the one player that really stood out in this game, Emil Odero. Yeah. Fantastic goalkeeper. If if Chesney didn't have the game he did against Milan, he would have... Odero would have easily been... Yeah, Adara was slotted in, um, yeah. but then Chesney. Chesney went off. Chesney went off. Chesney went off. Yeah, Chesney went off, and off in a good way. So, yeah, um, he, it was a fine line. Yeah, yeah, and it's unfortunate because this was a, this was really a time for Inter to pick up some ground. Inter could have been leading the league if they won this game. This is a game that they should have won. They didn't, and you really got to look. You you need another striker on this team. You really do. Because if Lukaku's going to go down, the schedule is so condensed. Yes, you're not in, a, you're not playing in Europe anymore, so you have a bit of a break there. But it's still so condensed that, and it shows. Lukaku, the more the more miles you put on that leg in such a short amount of time, the more he's going to get hurt. Yeah, it's true, right? And if Conte, if he's not going to adapt, and you're going to play the same way without Lukaku, yeah, you're going to lose. If you're going to lose to Sampdoria, you're going to lose a lot of games. Yeah. Um. And that needs to be resolved. The tactics have to be fixed. You obviously have to change something. Yeah. It's either you bring in a player or you change up the system. Yeah. For me, Conte, it's always one way with him. You buy players to fit a system. Yeah. He doesn't He doesn't adapt. No, he doesn't. He um, doesn't. So when it, when, when it doesn't go his way, where's the other... It's like Capello says, where's your plan B? He doesn't have one. He doesn't have one. He doesn't have one. So. Eric, Erickson surprised you coming on at... Uh, Early in the game, seventieth minute. That's just. I was shocked when I saw that. That's just trying to increase his. Uh, <laughs> his yeah, his seriously. Stock. And he did. He made an impact. He uh, had four shots when he came on. Almost, I think he matched, or maybe had the most shots out of any Inter player. Yeah. Which is saying something. Only playing twenty minutes plus, and uh, he took the corners. And Inter was so much more dangerous from his corner kicks. But you know what? People know what we think about Erickson. He's a quality player. Yeah. He can make a difference, and uh, it's a shame that he's most likely going to be heading out the door. Yeah, it is a shame. Unfortunate for Inter, big upset there. Big uh, upset. But let's move on to the next game. And it hurts when it's two former Inter players on top of it. Two Inter rejects. Well, <laughs> go beat Inter. That's Antonio Conte. For but you. I'm not shocked. It, the more important result where Inter's going to be in trouble is if they drop points to Roma, which we'll talk about. If they drop points to Roma, then they're really in trouble. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, they're really in trouble. But we'll talk about it a little bit later. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Torino, Hellas, Verona, 1-1 draw. This game was a bit of a bore. Yeah, it was a bore. It was a bore. Uh, clearly, you didn't miss much. 1-1 result. Yeah. Demar- I think it's fair. Yeah, fair. DiMarco scored a screamer. Bremer got a, a goal as well to yeah. tie it. Gunter goal line clearance. Beside that, not much else happened. No. It's kind of a drab game. But Torino... Undefeated still. Yeah, still. On a little run. On a bit of a run. Good for them. They're picking up points. They're they're starting to climb a little bit. Slowly but surely. Let's move on to the next game. Bologna. 
Udinese. This shocked me. The draw? It did. But and kind of how Luca Gotti set up this team. Yeah. Lasagna again. Why? Why is Lasagna being picked? I don't think why? he has a choice right now because Okaka's out, right? But you have Nastrovsky. Yeah, Nastrovsky, right? Nastrovsky, so, the Macedonian, right? North yeah. Macedonian player. Yeah. He he's good enough. I think former uh, pa- uh, Palermo. Palermo player. player. Yeah. I'm sorry, Lasagna is done. Get this guy out of the team. He's Get the him ca- out. He's the captain. He doesn't score. I don't care. This is what we talked about. You can't score. I don't care if you're captain. See you later. No, it's true. You it's got true. guys that can do it. It's true. Um, yeah, Bologna taking it to taking it to Udinese, but couldn't hang on. Udinese had control of like putting two past a very stubborn Udinese defense. Kevin Bonafazzi again standing out. Mancini, look at this guy. Yeah, he's 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 a great player. A lot of upside to this kid. He's very young. And uh, what do you want from him when nobody else is playing around him like Samir and Larson? I mean, yeah. Rodrigo Basal played okay. Musso again having a bit of a drab of a game. Yeah, he's costing points on the other end too. You look at uh, Bologna's now. We've been calling for Breza to get a shot because yeah, Costa, Costa, Costa has cow. cost Udinese yeah. even more points. Yeah, this guy is done. Stop. Yeah. Pitting him in that. You Mihalovic. need to go with Sebastian Brezza. You gave you gave John Gianlu- Luigi Donnarumma a chance. Give Brezza a chance. Yeah. Get rid of Costa. Yeah. What's the point? If the guy's gonna already make you pretty much start a game one 0 yeah. down, give the other guy a chance. Exactly. What are we waiting for? Exactly. Yeah. I mean that's that's how it went. <laughs> that's how it went. Tie Udinese. Tie, yeah. Leaking well. in goals, which I'm I'm a bit surprised about to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I'm surprised about them too. I'm surprised it was Bologna. So yeah. but let's move on to the next game, Sassuolo Genoa. Sassuolo making it difficult, but getting past Genoa two to one. Yeah, making it difficult. Listen, Sassuolo did their job. They did the job. They got it done. Boga scored a beautiful goal. He, he turned Masiello inside out. He did. And slotted it in. Goal and assist. He assisted on Giacomo Raspadori's yeah. le- uh, leap, leaping header. Yeah. Uh, Sass- Manuel Locatelli. Stunning oh, game. Stud, stud of a game. Yeah. from uh, Stud in this game, I mean. And this sets up uh, Sassuolo great for the Juve game. Yeah, it really does. They're hitting form. I'm excited to see that game. What can we say about Genoa? Yeah, this is. I thought Genoa would turn it around and win this game. They got to go back. I mean, they're 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 keeping it respectable. That's the big thing. Keeping respect. Ballardini's first loss. Yeah, as a Genoa manager, stuck with his win or draw a loss or wait. Yeah, first loss, first loss. Win or draw a loss. loss. See, not bad. This is this is the Ballardini way. He'll be he'll take he'll give you four points every three (laughs) games. Exactly. Consistent, consistent first eleven. Yeah. Shumarodov, he scores a goal. He's actually looking pretty impressive. Yeah, he I looks think really the young, well. young Russian, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. He's a great little player. And uh, Skamaka, again, having a bit of an impact. Hit the post. Yeah. But uh, rumors of him leaving yeah. Genoa will be interesting. I think he can do something for a big team. But I think so. Genoa, honestly, don't think Ballardini has enough to get them out of relegation. No. But we'll see. But Sosuolo 2 1. Yeah. Next game, what do you want to go for the next game? Roma Crotone, of course. You want to go, Let's go south to Calabria? Let's go to the Roma show. It was the Roma show. So Paolo Fonseca. Jacko on the bench, Fonseca, please. Man of the match was Borja Mayoral. Put Jacko on the bench. Yeah, I think time. this game showed that Borja Mayoral needs to start. He really links well with uh, Mkhitaryan. And uh, those two guys up front, holy cow. If you see that second goal... It was like from 25 yards out. My goodness. But you see, and that's what we've talked about too. 
you don't see that so often anymore. You, they gotta basically pass it and pass the ball yeah. into the net. Yeah. If you like see an opening, goal. yeah. If you see an opening, take it. He took it. He saw an opening. He buried it top shelf. I think this two-year loan might turn into something permanent. I think so. I think he's good enough. Yeah, I think he's good enough too. Mikatarian, what can you say about him? The guy's a the a, a goal and an assist. Goal and assist. Goal uh, and assist. Beautiful assist. Beautiful pass from VR. Yeah. From the midfield to get him diagonal pass. Yeah. Around forty yards to Mikatarian, who I think even one time did, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, right to Mayoral. It was beautiful. The link-up play from Roma is a scary proposition for any team. Yeah. Cristante, too. Yeah. He made a beautiful diagonal pass. So that that's what Roma was taking advantage of. Uh, they were taking advantage of Crotone's uh, wing-backs pushing up the field. Yeah. And Cristante Villar just kept hitting diagonals into the corners, which uh, gave Krasdorp Mkhitaryan when he went out there on the on the assist. But Karsdorp got on the end of Cristante's pass, passed in the middle, won a penalty. Uh, I think Mayoral won the penalty, which yeah. I'm surprised he didn't take the penalty for his for his uh, hat trick. It's Mkhitaryan, man. But uh, it's respect. Yeah, Fonseca got his tactics right. He ripped did. this Crotone, this poor Crotone team apart. He did. And Junior uh, Messiah still on the other side played really well. Oh my goodness! This guy, speaking about another real deal, this guy is a gem. Yeah, he stands out. He beats guys with ease. Set up the corner. Set up the assist. He got the corner. Yeah. Uh, so he took the corner for the assist. Dribble through guys, one tackles, one aerial duels. This guy does it all. Okay, does it all. And this is the Ford. He's by far their best player. Oh, hands down. 29. But you know what? Late bloomer. I take a chance on a guy like this. Hey, enter. I love my Sias. I've never really heard of him up until now, but I love the way Conte, this guy plays. Put, get on the phone, bud. <laughs> get on the phone. Give them whatever they want. But uh, all, all kidding aside... Huge win by Roma. This is something they needed going into the game this weekend. So Make them feel good before they get pumped. I don't think so. It's not going to happen. <laughs> they can't beat a big team, Roma. It's not going to happen. They're not going to lose. <laughs> we'll talk about it. They're not going to lose. I'm telling you that right now. Let's move on to another Roman team. Lazio beating Fiorentina 2-1. to Vlahovic, another penalty at the end. That's the only way this team can score. <laughs> Seriously. That's Seriously. the only way. Seriously. But, I mean, Lazio didn't play, Lazio didn't play the greatest, but they got the job done. Yeah. Right? They did. They got the job done. Stokosha finally had a good game. Yeah, finally. He's it's he's been <laughs> it's Abismal. been he's been waiting a long time. Yeah. But the defense, my God, in this Fiorentina team, Biragi, I know he played good, but on the goal, you gotta jump by Lazari. That you should not to. be happening. You have to. You have to stop Lazari. Uh Fiorentina caught in transition and then uh they were so weak on their transitional play from from losing the ball to getting back on defense, Luis Alberto picked out Chiro on a on a goal that was disallowed. So they were pressuring nonstop Fiorentina, and uh, I can't remember the penalty how that went. Was oh. there a penalty in this game? Yeah, for Vlahovic. How did that? Yeah, I can't remember. But listen, Fiorentina want to do anything? You got to start scoring goals and yeah. not rely on penalties. Exactly. You're not gonna get them always. Yeah. You're not going to get them always, but uh, I think Lazio needed this win. and Big time. Big time. It was a good, uh, good turning point for them and uh, good for them to carry into the next game. Last game. This I didn't expect. This. Spezia, Napoli. Wow. This strikes my nerve a bit here because for the people, I'm going to bring it back to that Milan Juve game. For the people that love ref intervention, yeah. this is the game this you the guys game. like. You like refs screwing over a team. And I'm going to stick up for Napoli here. They got screwed over by the ref. The ref gave 
the softest of penalties for Pobega. Now, this is what the Milan fans were calling for when Brahim Diaz went down. Yeah. Rabiot, like he went, like he got sniped in his calf. Yeah. Rabiot just, I think, breathed on him, and uh, and he fell over. <laughs> Same thing here with Pobega. Pobega yeah. felt the slightest touch. I, mean, I forget, just went down right away. Uh, Fabian Ruiz just dove, arched his the most yeah. beautiful arched back swan dives face yeah. down into the ground. It's it's bogus. You let Spezia, a team that got now you got to blame Napoli. You have thirty shots. You can't score more than one goal. Insigne wasteful. This guy is. Who scored that this guy's not world class. Insigne. Who scored that goal? The big patate. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> we were talking about this game with our friend Nick, and uh, I said, I'm not impressed by Patania. I like Patania. He's a super sub, and Giuliano called him a super patate. Super sub, twelve inch sub. This guy. Hey, he's got is. four goals already this season. Okay, Cole, four goals. Cole he Cattrio offers over here. He he hey, he offers something very different. This is a striker that Italy doesn't have. A guy that can hold up the ball. A guy that's versatile with the size that he has. He's a big boy. We haven't had a big boy like this. And I'm not comparing him to Luca Toni, but that's really the last big boy we had, right? Yeah. Because Graziano Pelle wasn't a real big boy. He was a big guy, but but he, he plays more like Graziano Pelle than, than Tony. I think he thinks he can dribble. Well, I think Andrea Patania could offer something great coming off the bench. So I'm happy he scored. Um, but yeah, like you said, the refing in this game, wow. It's a joke. They basically gifted La Spezia three points. It is. You if let you're it, Gattuso, so you're, you're going to blow your head off. It's frustrating. One, I blow my head off at Insigne. Yeah. This guy does the same thing every yeah. game. Get the ball in the corner of the box, left side, cut in and try and hit it top corner. He does the same thing all the time. This is supposed to be a world-class player. This guy is not a world-class player. No. I know in Italy and Naples, they praise this guy. Insigne is not good enough. He's not an, a star player. No. He is not a star player. No. I don't care what anyone says. You want to know who the star player of this team is? Mertens. Dries. This team has won three games without Mertens. Yeah. Three. That's it. That's the star. Not Insigne. Yeah. The guy needed like 12 shots and he didn't even get a goal. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the... Back to the ref, it makes me sick. This is the stuff I hate. They ruin the games. He gives uh, even a red to uh, who who got the red in this game. That was uh, what's it was it was a makeup call. Oh, Ismaili. Yeah, Ismaili. Ismaili does nothing. He doesn't even stick his elbow into Patania's head, and he gives him the second yellow for nothing. As... It's a joke. Yeah, but this is what people like. Apparently, they like refs and VAR intervening and. Uh, dictating the results of matches i think it's a joke yeah and uh you know spezia still had to get it done at the end of the day yeah but to me i don't like seeing results like this no i rather see the players win the games no i agree i agree so napoli falling further down the table with that lot so let's recap the standings for you we'll read you the top we'll read you the top eight because the top six are european spot um so milan stay in first place with 37 points enter Right behind them, 36 points. Couldn't gain any ground. It's okay. Roma climbing. Beat, team, beat the teams around you. Roma climbing, 33 points. Third place, four points behind Milan. Juve, fourth place, 30 points. Seven points behind Milan, but still have that very important game in hand against Napoli. Sassuolo, fifth, 29 points. Napoli, sixth, 28 points with that one game in hand against Juve. So we could, we could see some shifting happen there. Atalanta, seventh with 28 points. Lazio, Eighth with twenty fifth with twenty five points, um, and then you got Hellas Verona there. Ninth, twenty four points, and then you got a bit of a separation now. Yeah, one thing that surprised me looking at this table is 
the amount of goals Lazio have scored this year. Only 25. Yeah. Last year, they were one of the best offensive teams. Yeah. It's essentially the same team, so I don't know what's happened. The Figure goals. it out. That's what happened. Yeah. Figure it out. Let them play yeah. with the ball. Yeah. They don't know what to do. It's true. That's what it is. And we'll read you the bottom three now because the bottom three's changed. It Torino has. out of the bottom three. Out of it. Torino four, now. Four games undefeated. Yeah. 17th place, Torino. 18th place into the relegation zone goes Parma with 12 points. Uh, 19th place, Genoa stays sitting pretty on 11 points. <laughs> and Cotone, right where they have always been, at the very bottom, nine points. Yeah, and Spezia also climb out. Uh, climb out, 14 climb out. points. But see, now, this is very interesting because 12 points right now is what gets you into the relegation zone. So three a three-point gap is not enough. So now you got these teams that are hovering around, like Spezio, 14 points, Cagliari, 14 points, Fiorentina, 15 points. Relegation zone, the relegation zone realistically could be from 14th all the way down to 20. Yeah, I wouldn't throw Dene in there, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. From Fiorentina down, yeah. any of those teams yeah. could get relegated. 100%. Let's give, let's do something. So when we reach the halfway mark of the season, 18 games. Let's change it. Let's, let's see if we let's change Let's give it. our tables and let's see if we divert, divert okay. from what we said. Oh, I, oh 100%. 100%. That'd be, that'd be good. So that's coming up in uh, two episodes. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. So that ends part one. Yeah. And part two, we'll talk about the upcoming fixtures for the weekend. So part two of our podcast um, is going to be talking about the upcoming fixtures for match day 17 in City A. And uh, it's going to be an exciting match day. There's some very important games here. Uh, could mean a lot. We could see some shifts in the table. Uh, I'm excited. I know Giuliano's excited. So let's get right in. On Saturday morning at 9 a.m., Benevento hosting Atalanta at the Stadio Ciro Vigorito. Giuliano, how do you see this game? La Strega opening up again. Um, don't count them out. Don't count them out. Like I said, best of the rest. Seven points behind Atalanta. Six wins, seven losses, three draws for Benevento. And for those of you, yeah, that are table watching, it's shocking to hear that Benevento and Atalanta, the only difference is seven points. Yeah. That's not a lot. That's a Juve-Milan. It is. And listen, they win. They, they go with them four. Go tie it with Verona. Yeah. Verona, like everyone's giving them credit for their season. So listen, Inzaghi's doing a great job. He He's is. coming up against Gasparini. This is going to be... A more tricky game for Atalanta. They haven't strung more than three wins together yet this season. Yeah. I think this is their first back-to-back in uh, in a while. They haven't done... I don't, I don't even know if they've done a back-to-back yet. But anyway, they recently have come off to back-to-back wins. Sassuolo and Parma. Now coming up against Benevento. Yeah. Atalanta stronger on paper. Better players in form. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, this is going to be tricky. It is. This is going to be tricky. As tricky as it is, though... I think Atalanta wants to try and climb back into Europe. They got a bit of a they're on a bit of a roll. Mm-hmm. They should beat Benevento. They got better players on paper. So I'm gonna say we're gonna start off right with an Atalanta win. And people in Zaghi's not gonna care about losing to Atalanta. He knows he's got nothing to lose in this game. Yeah. So I think you're gonna see an, a Benevento team that's gonna sit back. Yeah, that's what I don't know about Benevento. Like, look, this is crazy. You read out the results. Lazio won one. They tied. They beat uh Genoa 2-0, beat Udinese 2-0. They lost to Milan 2-0 with the red card, although they were all over Milan. And uh, they recently beat Cagliari. So, they're, they're four games now. Last yeah. five games have been yeah. excellent performances. Yeah. Uh, it's tough to rule them out. You said Atalanta win? Yep. Yeah, I'm going to say... You know what worries, worries me about Atalanta is that three, three men back. And Benevento play with three uh, offensive players. 
they know how to lock down a middle. I'm going to go off the cuff here. I'm going to say upset Benevento here. Wow. Benevento win. All right. Well, Giuliano's telling you. I think that 3v3 matchup in the back against Atalanta benefits Benevento. And uh, I think it's going to put a lot of pressure on Atalanta going forward. And I think it will be something tricky, something special yeah. coming up here. Benevento's going to come up with some uh, the witch's curse here <laughs> and put it on Atalanta. Well... You've heard it here. Giuliano's telling you to take Benevento for the upset. I'm telling you to take Atalanta to win. This is Inzaghi's old team, Atalanta. Yeah, it's true. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Let's move on to the next game. Genoa hosting Bologna. This game's going to be a sleeper. <laughs> yeah, it will be a sleeper. Uh, Important game for Genoa. Impo- yeah, Gen- there's a game. Pressure's on Genoa to win this game. Is you back or is the cost the net? So you're down one nothing already, Bologna. <laughs> You've already conceded a goal. Um, hey, if we see Sebastian Brezza, that'd be really cool to see. No, the what? kid deserves a shot. He should. The cost that doesn't belong in City. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. But knowing Sinisa Mihailovic, I think we're going to see Da Costa play yet again. And because of that, I'm going to say Genoa is going to win this game because Genoa is going to come out focused. They're going to win this game. They weren't really expected to beat Sassuolo. They no. kept it a respectable two to one. Against a team that should have literally mopped the floor with them. So I think Genoa is going to win this game. They're buying into the Ballardini system. He's going to get them out of relegation. Yeah, and when Ballardini, if I'm not mistaken, he was the coach earlier in the year for Genoa? Last year, yeah. Last year, I believe, yeah. So their last two fixtures, Genoa beat Bologna, although Bologna had two two reds, and then they tied 0-0. So Genoa have had the better results in the last last two games. They are pretty even as well uh, before that. But I'm going to agree with you. Although Genoa's form has been abysmal, I think Ballardini, he has shown more solidarity in this team. He has. been playing better. And the only loss came to Sassuolo, one of the better teams in Serie A. I think, I think he can beat this Bologna team. Like I, like I said, the Costa plays, you're already a goal down. Genoa still have it in them to, to, yeah. beat, to beat Bologna, I believe. Yeah. So I think uh, we both agree. Yeah, I, Take I agree with that. Take Genoa in this game. Take Genoa. Now, final game, 245, Milan hosting Torino. Can Milano <laughs> reverse it? And and like we said, this is against the Torino team. That's kind of got a bit of a role. Four games undefeated. Giampaolo playing his old team. Giampaolo playing his old team, yeah. That's right, I forgot about that. So there's a storyline there. That uh, fired him within how many games? He didn't have much. Four or five games. Yeah, he was gone. It was very quick. Torino sitting at two wins, six draws, eight losses. 26 goals for 33 against against Milan who sit first 11 wins four draws getting their first loss against Juve the last team in the big five club I mean the big five leagues in Europe the last team to lose their match um what do you think do you think another upset's gonna happen you're yeah. smirking you yeah. do yeah Ooh. I don't think Milan's gonna win I don't think Torino can win either. so do you think this was the this Juve loss is the end of Milan down the table we go how low they're gonna be maybe top four so you think of possibly they're in Europa League spots again? Maybe top four. Wow. Maybe top four. I, it, hey, it was a great run. Great run. I know the Milan fans are freaking out. You Milan hater. <laughs> Why do you hate Milan so much? No, like, I don't hate the squad. I just, Torino is on a four-game run now. This Torino team is a lot better than they record shows. And now they're buying into the Giampaolo system. Can they beat Milan? I don't think so. You think Milan's been overachieving? I think Milan's been overachieving. And this run made them look better than they are. Exactly. So I think Milan and Torino are going to tie this game. And Milan's going to drop points yet again. But I still think Milan's going to be in first place after the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, I, on all seriousness, Milan and Torino. I'm I'm telling you, I think it's going to be a tie. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the only good thing they got is that they're they're home. Yeah. They're still depleted. But you, you're right. This Torino team, as bad as they look on paper in the standings, this is the worst time to be to uh, be playing Torino. Yeah. Because they are hard to beat. They uh, are hard to beat. Milan average almost on this run. They've been on a goal against the game. They do score two goals a game, roughly over two goals a game. One of the best offensive teams in Europe. Yeah. Uh, and when you're missing Zlatan, you're missing all these offensive players. Tonali should be back after that red card, right? Yeah. I it's believe. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, no, it was, it was a straight red, wasn't it? Was it a straight red? So maybe for a few games. Regardless, they're short of the midfield. Kessie's really their only guy. Kalinoglu, the main guy up front for attack. The defense should be intact. I'm just gonna give Milan the edge on this game. Uh, I'm gonna. I see it. It's too hard for me to see them losing back-to-back games. But it will be a difficult match. I so believe. you're taking Milan. I'm gonna game. take Milan. Torino is gonna be no pushover though. Nope. Will it be both Turin teams given uh, Milan their their losses? Could be. Could be. Now let's move on to the Tifosi Football Radio Derby at 6:30 a.m. Get your espresso machine going. Get your cornet. Enjoy this game, everybody. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a cracking game. Cracking game. I think so. Roma now, haven't beat Inter in six matches. Roma haven't beat Inter in six matches. Now I'm t- I'll tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> but what they've my, drawn. They've drawn the I'll last. I'll tell point. you what my prediction is for this game. I want so bad for my Roma <laughs> to win. I do. I want them so bad to win. So Conte has that stupid look on his face <laughs> because I I. I I want them to win so bad. Do I think they're going to win? No. I think it's going to be a draw. You think I think it's going to be a draw. I don't think Inter's going to beat Roma. Listen, now, the, Roma over. are third place in third place. Do you know what? Do people under, realize what's kept Roma in the top three? They've quietly beaten the teams below them. Yes, they've been performing poorly. They can't beat the teams above them. They tied Milan. They tied Juve. Juve they should have beat, right? And at home this year, they haven't lost. This is their fourth. Six wins, two draws, 17... Uh, sorry. Yeah, six wins, two draws, 19 goals for, seven against. They are, a ju- they are a totally different team at home. They're mid-table when it comes to their away record. They're like 4-1-3. and three. Which is weird with no fans they're, in the stadium. They're a totally different yeah. team. But Roma, I know. I've been to that stadium with fans in there. Fans or not, the Stadio Olimpico and the nostalgia with Roma, it means a lot. It's a different animal when you go into the Stadio Olimpico with or without fans. That is Roma's fortress. And I think Roma are going to really, we're going to have an exciting draw. I think uh, I think it's going to be 1-1, 2-2. One, two, two. It's going to be back and forth. I would love for Roma to hang on for like a 2-1 or one nothing when I really would. I don't see it. I see a draw. I, but I can guarantee you that Inter's not going to win this game. <laughs> Inter is not going to win this game. Look in the look in the way they are, and the that's why I'm saying Torino's going to tie. <laughs> Inter's going to feel the the pressure. <laughs> they're going to tie, and they're going to be level on points. Or no, they wouldn't be level on points. Uh, Milan would still be in the yeah. lead with one point, right? So or Roma wins the game and catches Inter. Yeah, the, right? cra- the crazy thing is no one has won a, a match in this fixture since the 26th of August, 2017. It's a long time ago. It's too hard to call. These, 2017. These, 
these derbies are too the, the, this one especially is way too hard to call yeah. way too hard to call and it my is. heart is telling me you're nuts you gotta take Milan or uh, you gotta take Roma to win you're nuts logistically they're gonna tie but I'm gonna be rooting for them to win listen the, the tactical battle when I think of Roma I think of Inter Inter's glaring weaknesses are their wing backs they can be exploited yes. and Roma's Inter's gonna play right into Roma's game That that's that's the big thing right that's where I don't know if Conte if he's gonna have it about him to the, stop because if Mkhitaryan can get wide yeah. And, you know, yeah. pull Skinner out of position. Yeah. If Pedro, whoever starts on the, you know, the deep forward position on the right side, they can do the same thing to Bastoni. And you isolate the versus Borja, Morial, or, Deje- or Dzeko. It's probably going to be Dzeko knowing Fonseca. Yeah, it's going to be... Unfortunately. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, it is going to be interesting. Roma, goalkeeper. The goalkeeper's got the better goalkeeper, Paul Lopez. He's been playing mm-hmm. solid so far. The only thing is Roma has against them is they have not beat... A team that's better than better than no. them on paper yet. No, and they concede a lot of goals. They have against the the top teams. They've conceded three against Juve, four each against Atalanta, Napoli. Have they played another big team? They haven't played Milan. Milan, yet. yeah. Did they played three three. So th- another three goals against. That was away though. This is at home, but still, this is a different animal. But still, that's a lot of goals against. So something's wrong I've with the watched, defense. Though. I've watched every game that Roma. Some some of them twice. I've watched every Roma game this season. Roma at home and Roma away are two different animals. They really are. It's it's I don't I can't no, I, explain I, it. I agree. I agree. I can't explain it, but they are. Roma is this team like, "Oh my god, like these guys are going to be in the, these guys are going to be a Scudetto contender when you see them play at home. They play, they control, they just they just they're in their zone. But when they're away, they just lose folk it's i don't know if it's lose focus or or they feel the pressure and yes the big question paulo fonseca are you going to go into this game scared like you've gone in against juve like you've gone in against milan like you've gone in against atalanta sassuolo they didn't play sassuolo yet have they no they did and napoli and napoli so they they've played scared and look at that they played all the top teams and look where they are too yeah standings listen it's not going to be an easy game to call i'm going to bring it back to lukaku again I think Lukaku plays, he will manhandle uh, Roma's defense. I have no doubt about it. If there's one player... I have no doubt about it. If there's one player that knows Romelu Lukaku, and people don't think about this... Smalling. Chris Smalling. Did he play play last game Smalling? He did. He did? He did. Chris Smalling knows Romelu Lukaku. He's played against him time in and time out. Chris Smalling knows how to play Romelu Lukaku. They even played on the same team together. That's true. Yep. There's an advantage. I think defensively, we have a better defense. Midfield, I do think we have a goalkeeper defense. We are better. Hands down. Midfield is up for grabs. Attack, we're more consistent. But I don't know if we... But we have more goals than attack. So, enters the best attacking team in the league, believe it or not. No, they are. Which I, I find hard to believe. I find it hard but to believe, But that goes to too. show you how good Lukaku is. Yeah, they got 41 goals for Listen, so far. Lukaku... There's no one like him in Europe. The guy is unplayable right now. Well, let's see. Let's see what he does and how long he plays in this game. I think guys like I think our defense can easily isolate a guy like Lautaro Martinez. I'm not worried about him. If Sanchez plays, I'm not worried about him. The big guy is Lukaku. But what happened to teams like Milan, Sassuolo, Napoli, Roma? Sure, they can shut down when they play the bottom teams. They have one good player up top to deal with. But when you have multiple players, when when Smalling, sure. He's good enough to take Lukaku out of the game. But then when... Then you really got to rely on guys like Mancini, Kambula. Exactly. But can they all do it? 
Ibanez, I believe, is your best defender. Oh, he is. I think. I think Ibanez is our best defender this year, hands down. I think Kambula's got a little more growing up to do, but he's a kid. Yeah, he's, it's growing pains. He's gonna be Chini's improving. I'm not. Chini's improving. He's not the walking yellow card he once was. No, but I have questions. Your midfield leaves a lot to be desired in terms of the defensive game, yeah. the transition. They're more. They're always thinking forward. More they than, are always more thinking than forward. Cristante is probably the only one that throws in a tackle in the midfield. That. That, uh, yeah. Well, Vertu too, right? He does. But Vertu now, Fonseca's turned him into, for me, an offensive player. Yeah, which is strange because Vertu has been a holding mid his whole career until this year. The shows Fiorentina. They lack, yeah. you know, that midfield position. Exactly. Well, and people forget about Pellegrini. Pellegrini's there. People it's... forget about Pedro. Pedro's there. Mkhitaryan is one of the most informed attackers. Yeah, that that's the question. This... Roma yeah. has a lot of uh yeah a lot of good forwards yeah which is why I'm shocked they're you think of the teams they easily could be the best offensive in the league yeah as well um but against yeah against the big teams they, they leave perf- something to be desired but, well we're due but enter I guess you can kind of say the same thing they they drop at the biggest hurdle hence Champions League they, so what are you gonna they, say? they dropped at the hurdle of AC Milan Inter too. They don't win when the games matter. No, nope. they're some of the biggest choke. And that game against Sampdoria mattered, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it or it not, did. right? For me, it didn't. For me, if you're gonna drop points, that's an okay game to drop points. This is a game where you can't drop points, and I think Conte, Conte teams don't lose two games in a row. I know you call draw. Inter's gonna give it all, and they're gonna win this game. I'm calling it. If Lukaku plays, so Juliano's <laughs> telling you to take Inter to win this game. I'm telling you to take the draw, but if you're, but my heart is telling you to take a freaking win for Roma. <laughs> this is gonna be a great game. I can't wait. I can't wait. But enough about that. Let's move on to the next game. Udinese playing Napoli. Udinese hosting a Napoli squad. What kind of Napoli is gonna show up? We don't know. What kind of Udinese yeah, is gonna show up? What we kind don't of Udinese know. is gonna come up? Two of the most inconsistent teams. Yeah. Napoli. Are they gonna bring their? Loser mentality yeah. to uh, to Frulli there. I don't know. Napoli, they own this fixture. They always show up against Udinese. They do. So history is on their side. Are they going to lose back-to-back games? No, they haven't. Again, think. they have. Well, Inter Lazio, they lost back-to-back games. That was that's a that's an exception. That's different. It is, but they're they're going through a big rough patch. They've only won their last out of their last six. They've only won two games yeah. against Sampdoria and Cagliari. So not. Well, this is a team you take advantage of, Udinese. So I think Napoli are going to win this game. That's what I think. I'll give it to Napoli. I don't have 100% faith in them, but I'll give it to them. They so, disappoint. Insigne disappoints me as a player. Yeah. He really does. Well, we're both telling to take Napoli in this game. Now, interesting game here. Parma hosting Lazio. Diversa. <laughs> against Lazio. Making his uh, return against Lazio. And they're at the Ennio Tardini. Parma's at home. Now, Parma's going to go back to their sitting back ways. Pure counterattack. So they're going to give the ball to Lazio. Mm-hmm. What's Lazio going to do? Is Lazio going to be able to handle it? This is a test for Simone Inzaghi. Can he get this team, can he get them yes. to control and dictate this game and win this game? Against Parma, he can. Parma has nothing going forward. I'm not convinced that Parma going forward. Lazio have all the pieces they need. They're... Uh, whether they can string back-to-back wins, that's another question. This is a team that has struggled. So this will be one of their first uh, back-to-back win scenarios if they do pull it off. I don't know. I don't know. 
I'll give Lazio the edge. I'm going to give Lazio. The Parma, you're in relegation. So Giuliano's giving you Lazio. Just remember that. Parma isn't going to improve under Diversa. I beg to differ. We're going to see a response. You're going to see 10 guys behind the ball. <laughs> and you're going to see a tie. You're going to see a boring tie. That's what I think is going to happen. Fair enough. If Diversa gets a tie, it's a hero. <laughs> and that's, he's going to walk right... He's Build gonna, him a statue. Exactly. So, Giuliano's telling you to take Lazio. I'm telling you to take Parma. Let's move on. Hellas Verona versus hosting Crotone. Hellas Verona, next. Verona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think Hellas Verona, they're at home. They got too much quality. They're a good squad. They should get three points here. Yeah. They'll make it difficult for themselves, but they'll, they'll yeah. win. So, we're both telling you to take Hellas Verona. Let's go on to Fiorentina hosting Cagliari. Two of the worst teams. Oh my god! If Fiorentina, if Fiorentina don't score a goal in open play against these guys, see you later. See Just you later. get them in relegation. Get them out of the league. Right yeah. now. See, this is and this is a game I think that plays into Eusebio Di Francesco's hands. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think Pavi goal is going to come. Joao Pedro's good for his goal in game. Yeah. Prin- I think I think is going to beat Fiorentina here. I agree. Prandelli's a disappointment. Yep. I'm not convinced. Big by mistake him. in signing him. It was. Big mistake in signing him. So we're both trying to take Cagliari in this game. Let's move on to another big game. Juventus hosting Sassuolo. You, this this is Juve's make or break for their season right here. Rome, I mean uh, Roma. Milan, they got the job done. Can they make it two out of three and then three out of three against Inter after? But right now, Sassuolo, Juve. I think so. I think so. Sassuolo tends to struggle against big teams. Mm-hmm. They came out so flat against Milan. Uh, yes, they gave Roma a run, but other than that, the big teams, what have they really done? Nothing. Yeah, they haven't done much against big teams. They haven't done much against big teams. And Juve are possessed now. They're confident. After after Milan, They are yeah. confident. They're riding a wave. But the only thing I'd say is Milan, so they tend to drop points against uh, smaller teams. So Swolo, let's not kid ourselves. They're still a small team. They are. But they're a good small team. Yeah. So does that... Can that play into Sassuolo hands? Juve feel confident. Do they drop the guard a bit? Sassuolo maybe sneak a point off of them. No. We're going to see the return of Pinaldo in this game. You think a penalty? Penalty. They'll make up for it at the... uh, (laughs) Pinaldo wins this game. I think Juve wins this game. Yeah, like you look against the big team. Sassuolo lost 3-0 to Inter. Tied Roma 0-0. They played uh, AC Milan. They lost. Atalanta smashed them 5-1. So their record against the big the big boys is abysmal. I agree. I think it continues. Juve, I'm going to say easy win. Yeah, I think so. Last game of the season. Or sorry, not of the season. Sorry, my apologies. Madonna, the match day. Madonna, I know. The season. Sorry, everybody. Spezia hosting Sampdoria. Both coming off wins here. Spezia didn't deserve that win. No. Sampdoria deserve that win. They deserved it. I think they get another win. Back-to-back wins. Here. Sus- Spezia is done. They're another team I think yep. they're done. I, I, I like you. how they play, but uh, you're going to need to, you got to do it yourself more than rely on the ref. Yeah. That's not going to get you through City. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I agree. I think Sampdoria is going to win that game, hands down. Claudio Ranieri is too good for that. And that sums up the Match Day 17 previews. Just so you know, just a quick, uh, just a quick tidbit here to get everyone riled up. The most important derby kicks off match day 18 Roma Lazio baby <laughs> that derby they're so lucky I think the fans are going to be outside the stadium curfew or no curfew maybe, maybe. they're going to be outside the stadium that is a deadly derby it's one of the most dangerous derbies in the world do you know that I it's rated one of the most it's probably the most dangerous in Italy 
Inter and Milan fans can sit there and shake hands. The Derby della Mole Torino Juventus means nothing because Torino can't yeah. is not at Juve's level. But Roma Lazio. Let me just tell you real quick. I know when you don't win trophies and you got to rely on these guys. That's <laughs> oh, what it's yeah? about. <laughs> that's no, Roma Lazio. It's always about whoever finishes better. That is our championship. Whoever finishes higher in the table, that's our championship. It's the Tottenham Arsenal. Get out of here, of man. the city. Yeah, oh, it get is. Out of here. It is. Get out of here. Two teams that don't win trophies. Get out of here. Juliano's just jealous <laughs> that his team is going to go. Spurs, into. Arsenal, same thing. They Giuliano's look at the table. Just jealous that Roma's on the rise and they're slowly rebuilding to a great future, and Inter's basically plummeting after this season because Conte is going to destroy them. He's got to always say something about Roma. But I agree. It's a big. It's a big derby. Huge. I can't wait to preview that. That's going to be next episode. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, I'll be talking about a lot. Of we'll that. do a good breakdown of that. Oh, uh, we have Tactic, to. tactics, everything. We have to. We have to. Uh, but before we move on to part three, I just wanted to, just wanted to say uh, news in uh, in Italy. Morgan DeSantis involved in a serious car accident. He's in the ICU. Surgery successful. Success, yeah. So just want to wish him a speedy recovery. Morgan DeSantis, a fantastic goalkeeper uh, throughout his career, playing at Udinese playing at uh, Monaco, playing at Roma. Just a fantastic player, great guy. I believe he's in the staff now with Roma. Mm-hmm. Um, wish him uh, wish him a speedy recovery. Great guy. Yes. That ends part two. Part two. Part three. We'll talk about transfers and some Canadian soccer. All right. So welcome to part three of the podcast, um, where we'll talk, we'll, we'll, we'll bring up some transfer rumblings and then uh, talk about some Canadian content. So... What do you, you want to do first? You want to do transfers first? Do then, transfers yeah? first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so some transfers. Uh, I'm just going to run through the names. Stefano Danzuel, Bologna, was transferred out to Club Bruges. Lasse Schoen from Genoa. Terminated he has a feature. Terminated his contract. Mutual consent. He's without club now. He's gone. Patrick Cutrone from Fiorentina has been sent back to Wolverhampton of the Premier League. Uh, surprising it didn't work out for him. The young Italian, very disappointed with that, especially considering uh, Fiorentina... They don't really produce much up front. I don't know why he wasn't given more of a chance. Uh, Ricardo Sapanara, as well from Fiorentina, heading over to Spezia Calcio. That's an act. That's to me a pretty interesting signing. It is. He's a tricky, skillful player. Really hasn't hit his stride. He's in the prime of his career now, 29 years old. Uh, I would like to see him bring back his best days when he was at Milan. Bring him here at Spezia. I think he's a talented player. Uh, just hasn't been given his fair shake. So let's see what he does for Spezia. Other transfers that were done, we already mentioned Raja Nangolan, already featuring for Kaliri, making an instant impact. Yep. Big signing here, under the radar. So I shouldn't say big, but under the radar signing. Atalanta always makes these signings. I don't know how they pull them off. But young Danish international, Joachim Mahele, he's a right-sided player. Very tricky, loves to dribble, loves to attack. This is going to be Hattabor's replacement for when he hits the road, I believe, possibly yeah. at the end of the season. Keeping on this guy, Joaquim Mahele. Don't forget the name. He's going to be one of the next stars in Italy on the right side. And uh, I think that's it for all the transfers. The the only big transfer, the last one, Ahmed Diallo, finally completing his move to Manchester United for $23.10 million. And uh, that's it for, for transfers guy that so hasn't far. really played. Yeah. Any rumors you can think of? Anything in the news? On... Uh, not much that I've seen in the news. It's still really. It's gonna early. yeah. It's early. It's it's gonna be quiet this year. No one's really gonna spend money. I don't think. 
Yeah. Um, maybe pick up some free agents. Maybe, yeah. Maybe pick up guys at the end of their contract. We'll see. Um, speaking actually of transfers, actually, this one just came to my mind. This is the Premier League, but it has to do with uh, the Italian owners yep. from Udine Watford. So they signed a young Norwegian player. Uh, Who did they sign? I wish I had his name. This is bad. I don't have his name right now. Do you mind looking him up while I talk about him? Yeah. I think he scored from Watford, right? He just signed for Watford. I think he signed. He got around twenty plus goals a season, eighteen assists in the Norwegian league. Twenty five years old, late bloomer. Uh, this guy just tore up the league. Best player in decades, apparently. Philip in Norway. Zinkernagel. Philip Zinkernagel. He's at Watford now. Uh, yeah, he's a Danish winger. Yeah, Danish winger. He played in the Norwegian league, correct? Yeah, for yeah. Bodo Glimt. Bodo Glimt. Bodo Glimt, where Haug came from AC Milan. This is another guy, just like Haug. I don't know what they did to that team. These guys are machines there. Yeah. Watch out for this guy at Watford, who are in the championship, uh, a future star in the making. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Say his name again. Because uh, uh, we may, we may see him at... Zinkerna- Zinkernagel? Zinkernagel. Hold on, I gotta bring it up again. Yeah, and the only reason why name. I bring him up is because we yeah, may see Philip him at Zinkernagel. Yeah, so the only reason why I bring him up is because we may see him at Udine, seeing how Watford and yeah, uh, well, they're owned by the Pozzo family, right? Exactly. So, so keeping on that uh, name, twenty-five years old, Danish yeah. player. I thought he was Norwegian, but Danish, and uh, this guy's—he's gonna light it up. A lot of good players from that team, Bodo Glimt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's move it on over to Canada. All right. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. So, uh, important signing, I think, for the CPL and for FC Edmonton. I want to talk about this kid, Shamit Shom. So, Shamit Shom, 23-year-old kid. Uh, he's actually born in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. He's eligible to play for both Canada and Bangladesh because his parents are from Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. Um, play. So, he basically started at FC Edmonton. It was his first, uh, first real pro contract when FC Edmonton, I believe, was in the North American Soccer League. League. And then he moved on to the Montreal Impact for Major League Soccer. Uh, was there for a couple of seasons. Uh, solid midfielder. Has a very bright future. He made 45 appearances for them in uh, in his stint in the MLS with the Montreal Impact. Uh, phenomenal Canadian talent. Was has been a pleasure to watch. He's five foot ten. Um, going home to play for his hometown. So how cool is that? Um, I think it's a great move for FC Edmonton. Uh, to have a kid that was grown in the Edmonton system uh, coming back home, playing in the Canadian Premier League for a team like FC Edmonton. That is on the rise in Canadian Premier League. They are they are a team to watch out for next season. Um, just wanted to give him a quick shout-out. And uh, hopefully uh, hopefully somebody on the national team is uh, is listening because uh, maybe invite this kid to a camp. This, kid, uh, this kid's got a lot of talent from what I've seen, and uh, he deserves... He deserves to get a look. He's only 23 years old. He's got a very bright future. Um, in the instance that he doesn't get one in the, for the time being, check out the FC Edmonton games that are upcoming in the Canadian Premier League for 2021 because this is a kid to watch out for. So shout out to Shamit Shom. Congratulations on signing to your hometown club, FC Edmonton. We wish you all the best and uh, nothing but success in the Canadian Premier League. Now, I uh, want to talk about... Uh, we received a request to talk about what does Canada's World Cup path look like for CONCACAF for the 2022 World Cup. We don't even know if Canada's going to automatically qualify for the 2026 World Cup being a co-host because it's not that hasn't been firmed up yet. Um, 
So obviously, let's not focus about 2026 right now. I know we're building towards that. We need to focus on 2022. If we're going to do anything on home soil in 2026, we got to start it off right and we got to hit the ground running and we got to get to Qatar for 2022. And let me tell you, I looked at this condensed schedule. I understand with the COVID-19 pandemic, things had to get shifted around. I understand that. But for Canada, it is going to be a mountain to climb, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let me read you the format. So first of all, this is this is what's going to happen. Okay, You don't even have a hex group now. Usually the last stage of the group is the hexagonal group where you have the top six. They completely got rid of it? They're the, now it's the top. It's eight in the final group. Oh. So I'm going to read you how this new format works. And this is all going to be done in a year. March, March. 2021 to March 2022. So March 2021 to March 2022, and then go right into the World Cup. I think the World Cup's going to be in the in December though, so they're going to have some time to prepare. Team Canada, the Canadian men's national team, if they go all the way, could look at playing 20 international qualification games in that year. It's crazy, and the reason why is because of where they were seated, because of the FIFA World Rankings. So at the time. They were ranked 73rd in the world. They've moved up, I believe, 1 to 72nd in the world. In CONCACAF, they are 7th out of 35 nations. Okay? So the top 5 get a bye to the very last round, the third round. Everybody ranked from 6th. Let's name, let's name the top 5 right now. Too. Mexico, the United States, Costa Rica, Jamaica, and Honduras all get a bye into the third round. They don't have to worry about the first round. They don't have to worry about the second round. So you have approximately from 6th to 35th. That's what? That's 30 teams mm-hmm. vying for three spots in the top eight. And one of them is Canada. So let me break it down for you. So the first round, teams ranked 6th to 35th based on the FIFA rankings of July 2020 are drawn into six groups of five and play single round robin matches. So two home, two away. So they, they're single round robin. They're in groups of five. They play two at home, two away. And this is going to be, I believe, uh, let me take a look at the schedule here. This is going to be in March 2021. Hmm. Starts Window. March. March 20. March 2021. They're going to play yeah. two games in March and they're going to play two games in June. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, this is how crazy it gets. Okay. So... First round and second round are kind of intertwined. So you have you have these groups of five, right? So you have these six groups of five. Only the top team in each group goes to the second round. And what happens there? So you have six group leaders. They play a two-legged head-to-head just to get into the top eight, the final eight, the final round, okay? <laughs> so here's Canada's group, okay? Canada's group has already been drawn. So Canada is in group B. They should win this group very comfortably because they're playing Suriname, Bermuda, Cayman Islands, and Aruba. Sounds like a nice vacation. You should mop the floor with these guys. Mm -hmm. Um, John Herdman, if you're listening, you need to mop the floor and make an example of these four teams. You shouldn't be here. You should already have a buy into the third round, but you don't. Should be. Not his fault. Not his fault. He's He's working his way up. Let's do it. This will be good for us in the rankings too. Yes. Okay. And then, but the crazy part about this, Giuliano, is we're not even the sixth best team. I know. So who is? El Salvador oh is above my gosh. us. And El Salvador. El Salvador. Oh boy. And you know who's right behind us? Curacao. Oh my god. And you know who's right behind them? A team we can't beat. That's, Panama. That's embarrassing. Yeah. That's embarrassing. So I'm well, sorry. Hopefully it ends. Hopefully it ends. 
So this is what happens. So window they'll play two games March 2021, then they'll play two games in the first in the in the first stage either on the 4th or the 2nd will be the third game of June, the and the 5th and the 8th will be the second game, okay? Hopefully that second game means nothing because the week after they start the two-legged playoff. So the two-legged playoff if they win the group, they got to play another group winner the first leg on June the 12th, which looks like it would be Haiti. Group B. Yeah. Right? Group So yeah. Group B, Haiti. And Haiti's been a thorn in our side for a while. Yes. Haiti, Nicaragua, Belize, St. Lucia, Turks and Caicos Islands. Should be Haiti. Haiti's be the Haiti. best of them, right? So we're gearing up for something against Haiti. And then... Which Haiti, we recently had a match, if I'm not mistaken. They knocked us out of... Gold Cup. Yeah, the Gold Cup. That yeah, was it. Gold Cup. Um, they came back and won that game. Now, and then... So... If we win that second, if we win that two-legged playoff, we're realistically playing Haiti if all goes well. And then they got to play, go into the group of eight, and they got to play home and away, 14 games. So they played three games in September, three games in October, two games in November, three games in January, three games in March. This is, where it's, this is where it's crazy because you got the top three are guaranteed to go through, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Fourth place team goes into an intercontinental, intercontinental playoff. Intercontinental and I forget which... Playoff. which uh, does it say which one it is? It's like an intercontinental playoff. Uh, we'll pull it up here, but interconfederation. So you got to you got to think right away. States, Mexico are shoe ins. Yeah. So it's all going to be about that third and fourth place, you know, battle. Yeah. Canada now are going to be dealing with Honduras. Yeah. Mexico. I mean, uh, Jamaica and Costa Rica. Yeah. Costa Rica with Kaylor Navas. They have some other World Cup uh, tried and tested players in that squad. Yeah. This is going to be very, very tough yeah. for Canada. It will be. But this is character building. If they can get through and get into this World Cup, yeah, uh, they'll surprise a lot of people. Yeah, It will It will put Canada on the map for soccer if they can get in. It will. Especially before hosting their own World Cup. It will. It will. It doesn't, and just so just so everybody knows, it doesn't say who they get drawn up, who they get paired up with yet, but these are the. Uh, this will be the other three teams if they finish in that fourth place slot. Yeah. Uh, whoever's in the CONCACAF fourth place spot, it's a tough, it's a tough road. They're going to have to play the, f- the playoff winner in the Asian, Asian, uh, might have, might be the Asian division. So you could, you could be looking at like a, an Iran, an Iraq, a UAE. Uh, you could even, if, I mean, realistically it should be Australia, Japan, and uh, South Korea, that and New Zealand, right? Oce- yeah, because New Australia, Zealand is Oceania, so it's in its own, they'll yeah. be in the interconfederation. So OFC is always New Zealand because New Zealand's miles yeah. ahead, right? Yeah. But then there is that deadly team. I really hope that Concacaf's not paired with them. The fifth place finisher in Conmebol, which is South America. Yeah. Every team in South America goes is, through. is deadly. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we don't get paired up with them. But if you're Canada. There's no reason why you can't. Go. Mexico is the benchmark because Mexico, like it or not, Mexico is the best team in the in the region, right? Mm-hmm. The states, you should give them a run. Realistically, you yeah. play in the same leagues as they do, as their players do, right? Yep. But you look at Champions League; they have a lot of players in Champions League now. Yeah. Uh, performing on top of it. It's true. Canada. We can name a few. Alfonso Davies, the most outstanding. Jonathan David. Jonathan David. And Kyle Laird, by the way, had a cracker of a game for Besiktas. He scored four goals this week. Nice. Good. That's what we so, need. 
Um, but the Americans have the edge. So you know Mexico, America, Okay, who we're going to be going up against. But then, come on. You're telling me we can't beat Costa Rica? You're telling me we can't beat Jamaica? We you're sh- telling me we, we can't we beat can, Honduras? We can, we can go head to head with these guys. But every game is going to be a battle. It's going to be a grind. It's going to be a grind. Yeah. So they got a... They got their work cut out for them. They do. They, listen, this isn't... Uh, this isn't an easy qualifying no, <laughs> group. It's not. It's not easy at all. It's not. It's tough. As it's much th- as USA and Me- Mexico, they always dominate and win. After that, it's really even. Yeah. And uh, But the thing is, Canada's got to get to the dance first. They should. Canada, they should get to the dance, They should. Right? And that's why we had that podcast. Yeah. You know. They should. To talk about our deficiencies in, yeah. in football and why we should be at the top. And there yeah. is no reason why we shouldn't be. Yeah. But I, in this moment in time... It'll be hard, I think, where the team is. But yeah, I gotta have faith. You play the games, yeah. see what happens. Uh, I think they can do it. I, I think, think you so. should be beat in Jamaica, Costa Rica. Yes, they have the World Cup players, but they're on the decline. They are on the okay? decline. So Canada for me is on the on the incline. You should be able to compete with them. Yeah. You just give Costa Rica a slight edge on experience. Yeah. Honduras. Honduras, you should be beating. Yeah. And Honduras gotta, was in the World Cup a long time ago. Yeah. That team. Canada should be beating yeah. them, I and think. Then, and then there's those other two teams that they'd be realistically up against that could be a thorn in their side. Should be beating Haiti if they go through. Well, yeah. if they beat Haiti, Haiti's not... Yeah, which I'm saying. They should beat them in the second round to get in. So yeah. I think they should even they should get in, no problem. Is it Group E they get paired up against? Or is it Group F? They get paired up... Uh, they're in Group B? Yeah. Group B and Group E. Okay, thankfully. Because there is a team in Group F there. Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad I still, I wouldn't want to play them. They've been on a decline for a long time, but yeah, Trinidad still, hasn't done much. Panama's a thorn in our side. Listen, in the in the in, the thick in of this things, stage in the first round, Canada should be able to beat any of these teams. I agree. They should. Even El Salvador, they should be beating El Salvador. I agree. I agree. Canada should be head and shoulders above all these teams. Yeah, I agree. And we'll see if they prove it yeah. in their group. But when it gets to the third round, it's going to be a get. It's gonna get a it's bit gonna sketchy. Be tricky. Yeah, it's gonna be tricky. It's gonna be a grind. You gotta hope our best players are healthy. And John, if you're listening, take. Uh, I know, don't <laughs> take Group B lightly uh, in the first round. But I mean, you're playing Suriname, Bermuda, Cayman Islands, and Aruba. Figure out your team in that window. Figure out those guys that you that that are your core. That are because realistically, that's probably gonna be your first couple of real games. I know there's a camp with the team right now. But you really got to get this figured out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to dissecting their games closer to March and uh, seeing who's in that roster. Absolutely. Seeing who's healthy, ready to go. But I'm I'm optimistic about Canada's chances in this. No, I I think they should get to that third round, no problem. They need to get to the third round and then take it game by game. Yeah. That's where they got to take it game by game, right? Exactly. All right. So, Canada, we're with you guys. We're going to cover you all the way. We're really excited for this. This is the first time in a very long time that we've been excited for the men's national team. So we'll be rooting for you guys. We'll be covering you guys. We wish you all the best. It's a long journey to Qatar, but the goal is sh- the goal should be to get there. Yeah. So with that being said, thanks for listening. Forza Inter. Whatever he could say. Forza whatever. Inter. He could say whatever. Forza the Gialarossi, the Gialarossi, hands down. Roma, Roma, Roma. Core di sta città. So, Forza Roma. Enjoy that derby. Enjoy the Tifosi Football Radio derby. It's a big derby for us. Yeah. Um, 
And none of us have had bragging rights because they've been drawing all the time. <laughs> so, I know. <laughs> for a long time. So enjoy the games this enjoy the games this weekend. We'll be back. Uh this uh, we we appreciate all the support, and because of all the support, we've been able to upgrade our audio equipment. So for those of you that have told us that, yes, sometimes audio equipment's a little bit slaggy, this is the last time we'll be recording on this current audio equipment. We're going to be a little more, we're going to sound a little bit better, gonna clean smooth. It up. Gonna clean it we're going to clean it up. This so, guy's going to sound like Barry White. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for the support. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Radio Tifosi. Follow us on Instagram, Tifosi underscore football underscore radio. Follow us on Facebook, Tifosi Football Radio. Send us an email, a tweet, a comment, like us. Um, rate us on, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever you listen to. And uh, send, co- send some comments. We appreciate them. And uh, we love our fans. And uh, we look forward to uh, being back with you very, very, very soon. Ciao ragazzi. Yeah, yeah, Ciao. Yeah, yeah.